0: Shalom everybody Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers Florida bringing you another teaching from Yahweh's laws and commandments I pray you're doing well thank you for tuning in I want to thank everybody for all their support their comments, their prayers their intercessions as we are on I think it's day 12 of coming out of Hurricane Ian Uh, You notice that we're outside again. That's because the humidity has decreased a little bit. This is probably the first cloudy day since Ian hit us, and we're supposed to get a little bit of rain. So Yahweh has really been uh, enhancing the recovery efforts by keeping it in low humidity, lower temperatures than normal, and holding back the rain as we are still in our rainy season, but we're starting to come out of it. So today, being the first day of the week, I want to just share with you some highlights of what I ministered yesterday in our fellowship concerning the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, One of the things that I want to share with you is it is in this season, this is especially for those that are new tutorial. Now first thing I want to make a disclaimer that I don't know everything there is to know about the Feast of Tabernacles or any other Feast. I am learning, I am studying, I am growing from one year to another and that's all you need to be concerned with. You're not going to be able to absorb everything in one setting on whatever Feast it is, whether it's the weekly Sabbath, whether it's the seven biblical feasts of Yahweh, but there is usually one or two things you can grab out of a teaching, whether it's by me or by any other uh, Torah ministers, that you can grab something and begin to build upon it as you continue to learn and grow in understanding the feast. So, it is the season. It is in this season, the Feast of Sukkot or Tabernacles or Booths, which starts at sundown tonight, Sunday, October 9th, and that we should, during this season, study Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. Now, those that are in the church, they usually only read. Uh, the beginning of Luke, the first couple chapters, the beginning of Matthew, the first couple chapters, during, quote-unquote, what they call the Christmas season, and you're going to see that that is not the time that the scriptures, in, in, in those scriptures, were written or took place. It is actually during the Feast of Tabernacles that this um, Luke chapter 1 and 2 concerning the birth of Messiah Yeshua literally took place. For this, during the Feast of Tabernacles, is when Messiah was born and He was not born in December. And when you do your study I don't just mean read it. I mean study it. Look words up in the Hebrew. And the most important thing is to learn more and more all the time about the Hebrew culture. When you understand the Hebrew culture, the Hebrew ways, then you will be able to understand many things in the scriptures greater than you did before. So, in Luke chapter 1 and 2, this is when Messiah was born, not in December. Alright? Okay, here's just some highlights. When you read Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2, and I'm not going to read that that whole chapter. You can go to previous videos. We have a podcast that we, we read it through and dissected every verse of it, to bring us context of what we were reading and the time of year that what we're reading was talking about. So the shepherds were in the field at this time, not in December. So when you read in Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2 about the shepherds, they were in the field during the month of Sukkot. During the month of of the Feast of Tabernacles, not in December. The reason being is during the Feast of Tabernacles, it was cooler temperatures, not cold, but just comfortable temperatures. In the month of December, it was cold, it was rainy, it was snowy. They had no sheep in the fields during that time. So... Understand that. And when you understand all these things, you will know and you will understand and you will get insight into that there is no way that Messiah Yeshua was born during the month of December. And in our teaching, we did a timeline of when John the Baptist was conceived, when Yeshua was conceived, when uh, John was born, and when Yeshua was born. And when you read and study this through the Hebrew culture, you will see that Messiah was conceived in December, that part is accurate, but he was born nine months later, which would have been September slash October-ish. And again, we don't know the exact date because the Scripture doesn't reveal it to us, but we know the season. And there's two timelines that are very important to understand. One is the timeline of the birth of the Messiah because that reveals and emphasizes the feasts. All right? Then the second timeline is to really understand and this is even maybe more important is the timeline of yeshua's death and crucifixion and resurrection it was not on a friday and resurrected on a on a sunday he was crucified on passover and the year that that took place was in was at sundown tuesday and he was resurrected sundown Saturday, which would have been on the Shabbat, but that's a different teaching. So those are two timelines that it's very important to learn and understand so that you can understand what is in line with the Hebrew Scriptures and what is not in line with the Hebrew Scriptures, especially concerning the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. Now here's another uh, key nugget. There was no room in the inn because everyone was in Jerusalem for this feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths or Sukkot. And the reason they were in Jerusalem is because this was one of the three pilgrim Pilgr- pilgrimages feasts of Yahweh where all the men had to come to Jerusalem for the feast so there was no room all the inns hotels if you would, all the places where you would rent to sleep or to stay in was filled up that's not the case in December in December those there would have been very much rooms available for the Messiah. Yosef and Miriam but that's not the case this did not take place during the month of December all right because it was way too cold in the month of December for Yeshua to have to you know been born in a manger in a sukkah uh, a three-sided building you know whatever the case is during this season right now, if you saw pictures in Jerusalem, you would see sukas, which is a three-sided temporary dwelling, on people's apartments, on their, their uh, balconies, in the streets, in the countryside, so on and so forth, as they were being put in remembrance of what the children of Israel lived in, and how they lived when they left Egypt going into the Promised Land. All right. Um, John's, and I'll just go over this quickly, John's uh, conception took place in December. Oh, wait, no, wait. John's conception took place in May slash June. Yahshua's conception took place in December. John's birth took place in March slash April. And then Yeshua's birth took place in September, October. As I said before, you must understand the Hebrew culture to understand the Hebrew scripture. See, when you read Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 and the first couple chapters of the book of Matthew that talk about the birth of the Messiah, most of us, because we have been taught About this season, we've been taught about it through a Roman sun god, pagan, false messiah, and how they twisted the scriptures to validate their messiah, J-E-S-U-S, which is Zeus, which is a pagan sun god, and they did not teach it in context, According to the Hebrew scriptures, that in the month of September/October, when the Feast of Tabernacles was taking place, the weather was perfect, the weather was fine. In the month of December, it was rainy, it was cold. Now, when they put out a tax, and Miriam and Joseph had to go to Jerusalem pay their tax. Now, from where they lived at the time, Nazareth, to Jerusalem, Bethlehem area, is approximately 35 to 40 miles. Now, picture someone in their eighth or ninth month of pregnancy, and they didn't have vehicles. The best they could come up with would be riding on a donkey. So if Miriam even rode on a donkey bouncing all over the place, just think how uncomfortable that would have been, how difficult that would have been to have traveled on foot for 35 to 40 miles, how many days that would have taken, as well as all the other people would have had to travel on those rocky roads. On the, you know, and thieves were on those roads looking to rip someone off, steal from someone as well. It wasn't smooth sailing. So again, there is no way that they would have done that in December when it was rainy, maybe even snowy. Those roads were rocky. They would have, it would have been cold. It would have been damp. It would have been painful. And there is no way that would have taken place in there. And when you think of the birth of the Messiah, of a woman given birth, you know, at least from her waist down, she had to be open in the elements to give birth. There's no way that would have taken place during freezing temperatures. But it would have been comfortable during the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. Because it might have been 70 degrees, 60 degrees, 80 degrees, whatever the case might be, it would have been a lot more comfortable. And it wouldn't have been rainy. It wouldn't have been snowy. The, the thing that when you see a manger, it had walls on the sides but not on the top. And so if it was rainy or snowy or windy, that, would have just came right down upon them. So when you think about it, and when you understand the Hebrew culture like this, then you will understand that there is no way that would have taken place during the month of December, but it would have taken place during the drier season, which would have been the Feast of Sukkot. Also, the Feast of Sukkot was about the harvest. They were celebrating the harvest. They were celebrating, thanking Yahweh for all the provision that they gathered in from the fields that would have fed their families for the upcoming seasons. And they would have been rejoicing. They would have been praising Him for it. It wouldn't have been in December because you're not going to harvest anything when it's freezing. When it's freezing, they they would Not have harvested anything. So again, that destroys Rome's pagan view of when the Messiah was born. It was not born. He was not born in December, but what did take place was that the sun god Mithras had its birth of its Son God, of its Messiah, of its Savior, during the month of December, way before they celebrated this hundreds of years before Messiah ever came about. Okay, so the feast... uh, Let me back up one minute. We need to know the difference between the Hebrew cultural, biblical birth of the Messiah during the Feast of Tabernacles, versus the pagan sun god uh, Christmas season, because our salvation depends on it, knowing the truth. The Feast of Sukkot, in part, is about knowing and celebrating the birth of the Messiah. It is, it's also about the harvest of the planting season and to give thanks to Yahweh for the crops they gathered in. It was their type of thanksgiving. It was They were giving thanks. They were giving thanks. It is also about rehearsing and preparing for Messiah's second coming. And Yahweh's coming kingdom. That's what Sukkot is about. Sukkot will be celebrated in the coming kingdom, according to the prophets. Understand that. Sukkot, Zechariah 14, verse 16, says that we will celebrate, all nations will celebrate Sukkot during the millennial reign of the Messiah. So these are just some things... um, that we need to think about and, and study. And it's important. I know in the background my pool cleaner's going. I hope it's not too I turned it down so it'd be quieter, but I hear it, you know, and I hope hopefully it's not aggravating during this teaching. So I just wanted to give this short synopsis of the feast. Here's what I found on the web of Sukkot. I don't know why that goes off sometimes. I just wanted to give this synopsis of the Feast of Sukkot, that we need to understand what took place during the Feast of Sukkot. And one of the most important things is that's when the birth of the Messiah took place. So part of the celebration of Sukkot, is about knowing that this is the season that Messiah was born. And this is also the season in which the return of the Messiah will take place. So it's interesting, as far as when I first learned of this, that it would just make sense that during the Feast of Sukkot is a seven-day festival. And on the eighth day, there is another high Sabbath. The first day is a high Sabbath, and the eighth day is a high Sabbath. The first day of the high Sabbath is a celebration, is the day that the Messiah was born. The eighth day, and you can see this in Luke chapter 2, that is when they brought the Messiah to be circumcised on the eighth day, and that's another Sabbath, and that just to me just makes so much sense. Why um, he was born again during the Feast of Sukkot? Why he? Why we celebrate the eighth day as a Shabbat, honoring, celebrating, respecting Yeshua's um, circumcision? And again, it reveals just how much everything Miriam and Joseph did about the Messiah was in line with Torah. And every major event in Messiah's life took place on a feast day. And so I just encourage you, do your due diligence, do your studying, do your studying. So, the first day of Sukkot, which would be today, uh, today at sundown, through Monday at sundown, is... The celebration of the literal birth of the Messiah. According to the Hebrew Scriptures, when you study this out and you learn all these things. And the eighth day, which is the Shabbat, is a celebration of when he was circumcised. None of this could have taken place during the month of December. And when you learn this, and the more you learn these things, the more you understand that Christianity is founded upon paganism and upon a pagan belief structure. And the more you understand it, the more you receive it, the easier it is to come out from among them and be set apart according to Yahweh's laws and commandments. And when you, you learn these things, you realize you have been being taught a lot of things in the church, in Christianity, that is not biblically accurate. For example, Christmas, the way they teach it, and about the Messiah's birth, is not biblically accurate. Now when you begin to learn that it took place during the Feast of Sukkot, that is biblically accurate concerning concerning His birth. So anyways, I pray that you receive something from this. I pray that you're blessed through this. I pray this gives you An understanding of when the Messiah was born, the timeline he was born, part of the importance of Sukkot, why we celebrate Sukkot, why we honor Yahweh in keeping the Feast of Sukkot. Like I said, I don't know everything there is to know. This isn't the, the fullness of what Sukkot is about. But it it will give you some nuggets to think about. It will give you some nuggets to pray about. It will give you some nuggets to do your research about. And so I pray this was a blessing to you. If this doesn't sit with you, then just move on, you know, and go from there. So I thank you for tuning in. I pray Yahweh bless you. Yahweh make His face shine upon you. Yahweh give you peace and great shalom. Always remember, whenever whenever you respond to people's teachings, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on YouTube, be respectful, be, you know, treat them as you would want to be treated, walk in love, and so on and so forth. So, until next time, if you want to connect with us, you can connect with us on our Facebook page or with... Me personally, Mark Pulley on Facebook, and you connect with us, obviously, on YouTube. So until next time, be blessed, be strong, enjoy your feast of Sukkot, and keep his Shabbat days, um, keep his Sabbaths in the power of Yahweh's name. Yahweh bless you.